Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 12 times 64. 12. So that's 64? <laughs> 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 Wait, 12 times 12. 12 times 12 is... <laughs> no, that's like 144. What's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Texas Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's your boy, HH. We do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on social media at Talking Tactics on Twitter, Instagram, Talking Tactics 352 on Facebook. If you're on Spotify, remember to give us a follow. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. I do have another review to read. This one's from Reese. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. My new favorite podcast. Once again, I'm not making this shit up. I've listened to all the big podcasts in the UK, and I can say that this is now my favorite. Daniel, HH, and Carl. Carl, who is in Belgium, by the way. So he's doing some project in Belgium. So shout out to him. We wish him luck with with what he's doing. We can't spill the beans, I don't think, though. Um, Daniel, HH, and Carl are a match for any other trio in this game. As Rafa said, these are facts. I'm slowly catching up with Half Hope's football glossary, but so far I've added the terms brick and horseman to my daily dictionary. I now class Uncle Moo as an honorary member of my family, despite hating the guy for years. Listen to one, and you'll want to go through the back catalog as I did. It's really good. So thank you, Reese, for that five-star review on iTunes. We do this podcast on YouTube now. So if you want to check us out on YouTube, all the the, the whole show's there, unedited. <laughs> Roll. So we're on Patreon. So if you want to help support the podcast monetarily and help us keep doing this, please check that out. The link is in the description of the podcast. So yeah, um, Inter Milan drew against Cagliari, I believe, 1-1, because Inter Milan are trying hard not to actually challenge over the title. So everyone assumed that, you know, Sunday's games, Sunday evening's games, now play at home to Juventus. You know, Juventus would win that game, stretch their the lead ahead of Inter because Napoli have been struggling under Gattuso. But Napoli did knock out Lazio from the Coppa Italia earlier within the week. So, you know, they were riding a bit high. But they were missing Alan and they were missing Mertens as well and Koulibaly as well. So three key players were missing. So it seems like you should have won. But... This UV team just can't catch their rhythm. They can't catch their flow. And it was yet again a disjointed performance. And Napoli were able to take advantage of that. You know, um, Chesney couldn't hold on to a Insigne shot. Zelinski opening the scoring. Then Insigne with a very, very good finish to make it 2-0. And as we're going to talk more about this, who scores? Cristiano. He scores 2-1. And I think it's like his sixth or seventh goal um, in a... In a, in a row or, or, or something like that. So basically, the issue here is, and I think from watching Juventus, it is clear that there is a 
conflicts. Sarri wants to play a certain way. I don't believe that's where that Sarri wants to play. Cristiano fits in there. And um, I think it's Gabriel Marcotti, ESPN journalist that does mainly the Syria. Because he said something to this, but this is just him spitballing. This is not facts, but he just said that, you know, he he believes that Sarri is waiting for Cristiano to leave so that it can now be his team in his vision and his philosophy. And I was thinking about that and I said, you know what, I think there may be some truth in there because I just think that what Sarri, this isn't Sarri's team. They don't play anything like Sarri's team and they've only won games by virtue of the individuals they have and how trash most Serie A teams are. The thing though is this is that, you know, if let's say you're the owner or the president, let's say you're Agnelli or so forth or you're Nedved, it's it's one to, to discuss. You have an amazing goal scorer, one of the best goal scorers in the world right now. And he is your best chance to win a Champions League in the next, let's say, three years. Because I think maybe after three years, Christian may either retire or, or move back to retire in Sporting Lisbon. It's maybe smarter to, let's say, you know what, Sarri or whoever, build your team around Christian and get the best out of Christian because this guy is our best chance of winning this elusive Champions League. Or are you like, look, let's put our backing for Sarri, give him everything he wants, and let's just... Because we, we can't we can't get that much out of Christian, we have to think four, five, six, seven years in in, in advance. Let us let Sari build a team in his image, because this will give us our best possible opportunity to win the Champions League if we go fully for Sari's system and his philosophy. So then it's like, what do you do? Which avenue do you chase? Sari likes to build play on the left, so that's his preferred channel in terms of chance creation. A lot of the play goes in one direction. When you think about Cristiano, though, as he's become in his older age, he's more of a finisher. He wants to get on the end of things and just put the ball in the back of the net. And that's kind of what he's become exceptional at. If Sarri's modus operandi, though, is going to the left channel and creating in that way, that's where Cristiano plays. So you're actually, there's there's a bottleneck in the team, essentially, because you're asking Cristiano on that side of the field to do things that maybe he shouldn't really be doing in 2020. Ronaldo does fit the team in terms of you do need somebody to finish goal or, or to finish chances and to score goals. But do you really want Cristiano involved in the build-up play? Not really. Not really. You want him to be on the end of things, finishing crosses, getting on the end of like low-driven crosses. His jumping ability is exceptional. Like, what do you want Cristiano to do? So I feel like it's not a one-to-one, but if you look at what Hazard did for Chelsea last season, where he was the focal point of Sarri's offensive play. And everything went through Eden Hazard. So if he wasn't scoring a goal, if he wasn't getting an assist, nothing was happening. I do feel like Sarri needs to be a little bit more adaptable in that way and maybe vary his kind of build-up play, as it were. And I feel like that that's that's a problem that I see with Juventus. And I'm not the first person to point that out. If you look at Juve's players compared to Chelsea's players and Napoli's players, it's very different, as in... Let's say Sarri brought Jorginho into this team, it would make a massive difference. And when you look at the skill sets of the players at Chelsea and at Napoli, it's made it easier for Sarri to implement his system. But when you, when you look at Pjanic, Kedira, Rabiot, Matuidi, it's very lopsided. It's very lopsided. And I, and I think that this is still very much Allegri's team. This core is still very much the core of Allegri. And Sarri is going to be finding it very difficult to impose his playing style and his philosophy on, 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 on those guys. It's going to be hard. 
you are right in the sense, you know what? You have to adapt. Cristiano is here. He's here and he goals win you games. So as much as you want this kind of philosophy of like way to play, you as a top team manager, you're hard to win. You're not hard to play a philosophy, you're hard to win. In a perfect world, if you can win with your philosophy, oh my gosh, that's great. We don't always live in a perfect world. But your priority, your number one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh priority is to win. So I think Sarah just needs to find a way to how do I get the best out of Cristiano and just win. So I, I will say though, he has changed his style somewhat. Like he doesn't play four three three all the time. Like you definitely see. But has he been diamond. forced away from that stuff? Well, I think he wants to play Higuain, Ronaldo, and he wants those two guys in his team. So he understands like if I want to play those two guys, I'm probably going to have to play them as a two instead of playing like four three three. You might play like. 4-4-2 diamond or a formation like that that can accommodate two strikers and then maybe a place for Dybala or Ramsey or whomever. So um he is he's adapted in a sense, but I don't think if I don't think he's doing it enough. What's your take on Matweedy? I don't really have a take on Matweedy. Like I feel like he's a really good well, at least he was, at least like when he was at PSG and maybe the first few years at Juventus. Just a really good box-to-box midfielder who's like a jack of all trades, master of none. He can do a little bit of everything, but nothing really spectacularly. That's no, how because I for me, I mean, just like, like just a, a functional midfielder that yeah, I, that that I could see how a manager would want him in the team because of what he supplements. If you want to play a Pjanic, say, is he going to do as much defensive work? So you need somebody that's going to run from box to box and kind of cover up the spaces. And Matuidi, somebody who's diligent and will do that for you. Is he the best footballer in the world? Like I, his cross led to the Napoli goal. If anybody watched the highlights or watched the game, like he was on the wing, he crossed it in. It was a very bad cross, and he basically starts a counterattack for Napoli. That's not really where you want him, but I can understand why you look at a player with those qualities, or at least his reputation, and say, let's plug him in and see. I think it's a bit unfair people pointing to Matuidi as, okay, here's the issue for why Juve are failing. I will always have a Matuidi in my team, but you surround him with a Modric or a Pogba or a Tony Cruz as well. Because Matuidi is a very, very important midfielder to have. And always, like, whenever you're having a midfield, you need guys that have different roles. You know, mm-hmm. and I think the issue now is that Juventus just don't have a Verratti, a Modric or a Cruz in that midfield. Pjanic is cool. How good is Pjanic really? Is Pjanic really as good as a Dritch or a Cruz? I don't, I don't think he is. All right, so, so what's next? What's next? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Let's talk about Barca. Can we just come to the realization that Griezmann is a waste of money? That's that's the first place you go to when we yeah, talk about yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because I want people to apologize to to me because when I I called this guy a side chick, people said, "Oh no, no, he was voted the best player at the Euros," which is false. He was the guy that has led Atletico to all these Champions League finals. Mm. He's never really been a superstar guy. But my thing here is this is that Barcelona are in a state of crisis. Coutinho, you bought him, waste of cash. Griezmann, waste, waste, waste of cash. And I just think that, especially with the injury to the, to, to the Cannibal Suarez, I think Barca fans are in a lot more trouble than they think. And I will always defend Uncle Ernie because now they want to not change. Don't try and change the narrative right now. Valverde was the issue. Valverde is the demon. Valverde is a devil. Valverde is is the antichrist. Valverde is the reason why we was so crap. Certain comes, hey, you're playing your cry football right now. I think there were like 800 passes or, or somewhere against Valencia. 
Two they zero. Might a, they might have had a thousand passes in the previous yeah. game. A thousand, a thousand, a thousand passes. Cruyff took to the max. What did I get, <laughs> get you? Two two zero. <laughs> What's Barca fans to understand is this is that systems need the players to work for those systems. And systems can go out of date. Tic-tac-toe had its sell-by date. It had its expiration date. And its expiration date was when Javi and Iniesta grew too old. Then it became expired. Because remember, Barca did not win the treble in 2015 playing tic-tac-toe. They won it playing long ball to the deadliest front three club football has ever seen. That's what happened. So Barca fans now assuming that, oh, if we play like we played back in 2009 or 2011, we're going to have success. But you're forgetting the fact that Frankie de Jong is nowhere near Ejavi. Barca don't have an Iniesta who was vital for that system to work. What you're having right now is Messi is having to do everything because he's getting no help for Griezmann. Antifati is a testy baby. He has no recognized striker to play off with. And guys like a Busquets and a Pique and a Jessica Alba are just far too old. So what you need to happen is you need a manager to manage the situation and get the best out of the players that are there. Why do you think Tiki Taka died when Iniesta and Xavi got old? They were very key and important to, the, to making that system work. Why? Both for Barcelona and for, and for Spain. As a look, Messi is great and everything, but the whole point of Tiki Taka in his best form was possession, but possession with intent. So you could never get the ball off Xavi or Iniesta. But as much as they as they kept the ball, they were always looking for the penetrative pass. And many times, like, that's one of the craziest through balls you'll ever see. Javi's through ball to um, Alba in the Euro 2012. No one in Barca can play that ball that, that Javi made. Iniesta, in almost every single game, he would play passes that no one would, would, would ever see. He'll drop, he'll drop past two, three, four, five players, thread the eye of, of a needle, and produce passes that no one will ever see. So they kept possession but they knew how to deliver passes that, that nobody could see that would create chances. Nobody in his Barca team has the skill sets that Xavi or Iniesta have. Do you know what the underrated part of Tiki Taka was, though? Mm. And this is where I think Pressing. Barcelona fans get messed up. It's the defensive aspect. It's whenever they lost the ball, within five, six, seven seconds, they pressed and they won the ball back immediately. Let me respond to, 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 to that. This is why when Xavi and Iniesta got old, they couldn't be as effective with Tiki Taka because they didn't have the legs to get around the pitch to press when they lost the ball. Disagree. I disagree. Do you know why? Okay, I disagree. Why? It's a psychological thing. This is just from a limited time of playing football. It's a mental psychological thing. Let's say I'm the opposing team and I'm playing against that Barca team. Mm -hmm. And they've kept the ball for 80% of the, of the, of, of the time. Mm -hmm. And all I'm doing is chase. Chase, run, chase, chase, chase. I can't even remember what it feels like to hold on to the ball. So when I hold on to the ball, it is hard for my brain to readjust to, okay, what do I now do when I have the ball? So by the time my brain is re readjusting, it is a lot easier for, for that team to press me, restrict where I can produce th those passes. I rush into a pass, I've lost possession. So it's not necessarily the, the defensive work. It is how good they were at keeping possession for long periods of time, which That's was true. a mental attrition to the opposing team. So whenever the opposing team now gets the ball, because they've not had the ball for such a long period of time, it is hard for them to readjust 
So now through the few passes through, so by the time their brain is re- readjusting, as you're pressing them and putting them under pressure, that pressure will lead into them leading a pass either astray or back to you guys, rinse and repeat. Right. But if if that was the case, when Barcelona have their 800 passes today and their 1,000 passes today, and they have their 80% possession, shouldn't they be able to win the ball back easily if that's just a core fundamental of football? No. You need the players who are willing to work, which is why when you watch Barcelona now, I don't think there's that same level of intensity to win the ball back when they lose it. And I think that's kind of the major key here. If you're a Barcelona fan and you believe that just passing the football around and just having sexy football on the floor and having like pretty triangles and things is the key, that's one part of it. But you also need the legs to get around the pitch and to force turnovers whenever you lose the ball. And it doesn't seem like Barcelona necessarily have that fight these days. To me, that's the issue. The issue is that there's nobody really like initiating the press that I see. They need to fix the defensive aspect as well because you can't just have a thousand passes in a game and be like, oh, we're playing Barca football. It doesn't work that way. You have an old Messi's 32, Suarez is 33, Griezmann isn't really like an athlete in that way. You need players who are willing to run. And it doesn't seem like that's them right now. Whereas in the past, you had the offensive element and the defensive element. Oh, no, no. I, th- I think, no, I think an aspect of what you're saying is right, you know, in a sense of... <laughs> I'm a thousand percent right. <laughs> no, no, not a thousand percent. You're right to the extent of like, yes. 999%. Like, they, no, the, the, the defensive work of Basel was a lot better and how hard they worked. And also, PK and people were better at reading the game and stopping at passes. But they may be keeping possession with many degrees of passes. But the way in which they kept possession be, before puts more pressure on the defense. So, so the defense was having to do a lot more last-ditch tackles. What's happening right now is you're not exerting that much energy if it's just sideways passes that are not really going anywhere. So you're like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, cool, cool. We don't have to exert ourselves. When we get the ball, we're still good. We're still fresh. We can now go root one long ball, hit them over the, the, to the top. But back in the day, especially through Iniesta, they were coming at you, coming at you, and you're forced to make a last-ditch tackle, last-ditch tackle, two men, three men like that. So you're exerting a lot more energy in defending what the old-school Barca were doing than this new-school mm-hmm. Barca are, are, are I doing. But I think... I just think... I, no, I just think people associate Tiki Taka just with quick passing football triangles incisive forward passing. I hated the tactic personally, but that's just me. I mean, I know. I thought it was super boring. There's no real back and forth action. I get that. But I think German football gets a lot of credit for the the Geigen press. You know, the Klopp, Dortmund, the Heinkes, um, Bayern Munich team. They got to the Champions League final in 2012, 2013. And everybody was like, oh, this Geigen press thing. Boom. Because maybe Geigen press is in the name. People now start to associate pressing. But I do think that because it's called Tiki Taka, and that just, I don't know, but whenever, whenever you hear tiki-taka, it's like an onomatopoeia. It's just like tiki-taka, like just the ball going everywhere. It's more focused on the offensive aspect. But nobody really looks at the defensive aspect of tiki-taka. And if you want to implement that, if you bring Setien, we want to bring back Barca football, which and they mean tiki-taka, you have to bring back the defensive aspect too. That's 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 all I'm saying. You, 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 you have to bring back, you have to bring back the intensity to press. And if you don't yes. have players who, and, and if you don't have players who are willing to do that, then having possession it doesn't mean anything. You see, see that's for me. I don't like the word defense because what Barca did, I wouldn't call it a defensive strategy per se. 
what I mean by defense is what you do without the ball. Okay. Or what you, what what is your philosophy without the ball? Mm. I feel like in some in some ways maybe that's what pissed off fans about Valverde in a way. He was more comfortable just to like let's just go into a lower block and let's just kind of defend instead of like yo let's go get the ball as quickly as possible and let's. But, but my let's thing go. is that yeah again that's the job of a manager. Do these dudes have the ability to be able to implement what Setien wants? Because for me, I'm saying right now, Frankie de Jong, he I, he I. What is Barca's best front three? If everyone is fit. If everyone's fit. Suarez, Messi, Messi Dembele? Yeah, yeah. Messi, the Usan, the cannibal. <laughs> How can you press with those three? <laughs> If you ask Dembele to press, he's going to pull a muscle. Messi's 32, Suarez is 33. Yeah, I mean, this goes to my it's, point. It's, of, evident where, it's evident where the problem is. No, 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 but this comes to the point of Valverde. Barcelona have to accept that, as you just said, you don't have the players to execute that system. You need to find a system that works for these players at their exactly. age, what they can do that can yield results. So I was I laughed, I was laughing my face off when Barca fans were rejoicing that oh Setien is back because because Setien said because he was a it's not like Setien comes back and the players get 10 years younger. That doesn't like, it's like we brought somebody who has magic. No, he's just a regular dude who has his idea of football, but you're still dependent on the attributes and skills of the players to get whatever job you want done. So you can try, oh, he's going to bring back Croy football. Like, good luck. But you still got Busquets in there. You still got Messi. You still got Suarez. Like, Messi to a lesser extent. But, you know, you still got all these old players. Like, what can you do? PK, all those guys. Like, just PK is trash, dudes. man. I mean, the, the, guy's, the guy is a brick. I mean, what are they calling? Guy, the guy is an actual brick. So where are we going next? Like, Atletico? You want to talk about Atletico quickly? They lost to some... Culturally, they lost to a cultural identity. They lost to a cultural identity. Cultural Leonese? I don't know. It looks like a cultural identity. They lost to a cultural, and they drew against like the Ghanas. They drew against the Ghanas. Okay, you you know how we talked about um, who was the manager that was in charge for a long time, and we said he needed to go. It was Pochettino. We said Pochettino's been at Tottenham for so long that maybe his voice has gotten stale and what mm. he's trying to implement to his players is not working anymore. And to Daniel Levy's credit, he listens to the podcast. He was like, you know, HH, Daniel, Carl, these guys are right. We need to get rid of Poch and let's put in Mourinho. Good or bad, whatever. But I feel like the, the sentiment still holds that maybe the voice is too old because the guy was there since I think 2013 or 2014, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Diego Simeone has been at Atletico Madrid since 2011. He's been there nine, ten years. Is the voice stale? Does Atletico need something new? Does does Simeone even need something new for himself? Like, what are your thoughts on like has this relationship kind of ran its course, or like is there another kind of five years in this? So I just I don't understand why he's still there, man. I just, he's the I highest don't... paid manager in Europe, I think. I think he gets paid like four hundred thousand a week. Yeah, man. So. I mean, like, I, th- I think I think his son is one of the ball boys there. His wife is his like agents, and they've signed like like a five six year contract. So, and my thing here is this: is that I think for Atletico, they're just happy to be competitive. I don't think they really want to really advance themselves and try and take things to the next level. Because the fact of the matter is this: is that it's not going anywhere. 
like the Atletico's peak was 2014, 2016. That was their peak. Since then, it's just been this. You know, it's just been this. The sign to which Simeone and Atletico should have parted ways was when Godin and Griezmann left. That should have been the... I mean, I've forgotten the name of that, their, their captain. Oh, Gabi. So once, once Gabi left, once Griezmann left, once Godin left, that was such a core spine. That should be thinking, you know what? This cycle is over. And I don't think that Simeone has the same skill set as a Ferguson, where Ferguson can dismantle, rebuild, dismantle, rebuild. Like, Ferguson had about three or four teams, but not everyone is a Fergie. I don't think Simeone has the ability to rebuild a new team and still win a La Liga, get to a Champions League final. So for Atletico, I just think that it just makes sense. You know what? Gets change your... Similar to what I said with Tottenham and, and so forth, you have to go in a totally different direction. Tottenham messed up by hiring a manager that is not the same, but similar to Poch. For Atletico, what is happening right now is, similar to what we're saying with Barcelona, the football flutter that you're playing isn't right because you don't have the players to implement it. Godin was very important for the defensive work. Jimenez is a quality defender, really good, one of the best young defenders. But Gordon was very important for that defensive thing to work. Griezmann was very important for the counter-attack to work. And they just don't have a Griezmann for how they counter. That's why Griezmann is struggling so much at Barcelona because he's being exposed. He works very well for the environments that Simeone created for him. Because every time I just see Atlas, Atlas I'm like, it's, it actually annoys me just watching it because I'm like, bro, these guys are just could, not going anywhere. Could you say part of the problem is that they missed on like three big transfers in a sense. So if you look at Lamar, hasn't really hit. Costa hasn't really hit. Morata hasn't really hit. So you got like three big players. Yao Felix. I, I think it's too early to say whether Yao Felix hasn't hit or not. But but then again, maybe all of these are just, maybe not Costa. I think Costa's kind of old now. But maybe the rest are kind of just innocent bystanders of just a failing system. So maybe if you do get another manager in there, maybe you could get the best of Lamar or you could get the best of yeah, Felix, for instance. That said, I do feel like maybe players like Partey have improved in, over the past few years, but maybe that's just natural progression rather than something Simeone's doing exclusively. But I don't pay attention to Atletico enough, like maybe just like Champions League games and things like that. So I'm not watching them enough outside of just like, it'd be cool if Chelsea could buy Old Black or, hey, Morata missed another open goal. Like, hey, that's funny. <laughs> but outside of that, I'm not really up to date on Atletico. I can't talk about them in depth. How about that? No, no, no. But, but, but you can't sort of make a um, judgment as, do you think they should stick with Simeone or do you think that they should sack him or he should resign and they should go with a different manager? I don't have an opinion. That's not for me to say. Like... But what I feel like is once you're there for nine years, it's probably time to move on in 2020. This isn't like the 80s or the 90s where you can have a Ferguson, a Wenger, somebody like that. Like, Oh, so not, you don't think um, long-term managers are no longer no, in vogue now? No, I feel like you can put five years, six years max into a place before everything just kind of gets stale. Huh. Because I'm thinking that if... Klopp keeps getting funding. I think that he could do, he could pretty much win a healthy amount of titles for this decade. What would you say? There's exceptions to every rule. Maybe Klopp could be an exception. But as at Dortmund, he did very well. He won a couple of leagues, um, got to a Champions League final, 
lost in dramatic fashion, and then he almost got them relegated in a few years, a few seasons later. So there's no guarantee that anything works out. I don't think Atletico is ever going to get that bad to where you know they're going to be like 17th in the table or something like that. But I would just say it seems as if this thing is running its course or has ran its course. But again, I'm just speaking from somebody from the outside. So anything else in Spain that you want to touch? Well, I mean, apart from if Real Madrid don't win La Liga this um, season, then I mean, then they they are officially clowns. This is their best chance to win the league this season. <laughs> Where else could we go? England or or Germany? Let's add, you know, Bundesliga. Haaland scored a couple. He scored two. <laughs> Haaland scored twice again. Uh, do you have anything you might want to look? I am not giving my apology. But it needs, I am needs to slowly... be typed in Microsoft Word, double spaced, twelve point times New Roman. Can I land? Can I land? I am not writing any apology to Erling Haaland. Um, but what I'm saying is this: that he is very slowly impressing me. You know, he has very... five goals in two games. He has five goals Don't in care. two games. How Don't how care. slow can it be? Don't care. He's very very slowly impressing me. <laughs> And I am very, very gradually saying, you know what? Maybe this kid has something. Maybe this this kid has something. Because remember, I'm sorry, Mbappe was scoring in numerous knockout games at the age of 18. Okay? And we all know what the Us can can do. We all all know what the Us can do. Why does Haaland have to be Mbappe level to impress you? The best talent of his generation. By far. So 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 why are you putting Haaland up to this standard just to be impressive? No, that no. doesn't make sense. Nobody's saying is Haaland better than Mbappe. Is Haaland gonna have a better career than Mbappe? We're just saying, yo, you said he was you, you said he wasn't gonna be what he's doing. He's now doing it. So give him some credit. No, no, no. I've given him credit. I'm giving him no credit. Well, let's see what he does against PSG. Like if he knocks out PSG, then I'll even if he doesn't knock out PSG. And he still gets 12 goals in the Bundesliga in half a season. That's still impressive. He's slowly impressing me, Daniel. Very slowly. <laughs> he's what he's doing is very good. And maybe like just like I told you because people I, I, I get it that like you don't like jumping out the window over just like a, a player you just heard about three yeah, months ago. Nice I get it. Chill. I get it. But the dude's nice. He I he I like he's not the next great thing because people are like oh my gosh I'm not I'm not saying is he gonna be like a Hall of Fame one of those guys like a perennial world class in the Ballon d'Or we're not asking all that I'm just saying do you think he's nice or not would you want him in your team no okay no no he'll he'll get in my squad not in my team he'll go in my squad (laughs) no 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 no, Bro, he impressed. said he'll get in my squad, not in my team. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, team is 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 the starting line lineup. Squad uh, is different. What I when I meant team, I meant like, would you want him at your club, basically? Um, oh, um, uh, nah, it's too much hype. He brings too much media fanfare. I don't like guys bringing um reporters and tabloids to my club. So, what do I, I say that's not, and th- I mean this in the nicest way possible. He does look like a James Bond villain, like Jaws' son. Yeah, like he, you know, he, he just looks like a you know, he looks like a James Bond henchman, henchman, not a villain, but you know, uh, the one of those that James Bond I, has I, to fights, and I yeah, yeah, the villain's actually dead, but this guy survives, and this is like the last yeah. battle. Basically, like he's like, like an odd job, odd yeah. job, yeah, 
No, 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 no. Wait. Um, Leipzig lost. Bayern won. Bro, Daniel. So the inevitable it's, it's lining up to where Munich probably are going to take it, as we all suspected. But, you know, I was like, I know something happened in the Bundesliga. I watched one of these games, and it was that uh, Leipzig lost. Leipzig are interested in maybe buying um, Christensen from Chelsea. I thought that's interesting, but neither here nor there. So what what do you think is going to happen? Like, do you remember, like, the beginning of the season where there was, like, eight teams mm. within five it's still points? It's pretty close. I, I, I think, I think it's the, still super close. It's like... Yeah, the team in sixth is nine points behind the top. Yeah, I think one... Two, three, four are separated by three points. All right. Or maybe four, no, maybe four nine points. Nine points separate sixth and first. Whereas in, Leipzig... in, the, in the Premier League, 200 points separate sixth and first. <laughs> so it's, I think it's Leipzig top, Munich second, yeah. uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach in third, and then Borussia Dortmund fourth. So basically, Leipzig 40 points, Bayern Munich second, 39 points, Mönchengladbach 38 points, yeah. Dortmund 36 points. Bayer Leverkusen, 34 points. Schalke, 33 points. Hoffenheim, 30 points. Freiburg, 29 points. When people talk about, ah, oh, club football's trash, you're just watching the wrong leagues. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Bayern Nico will still win the league. So what's, what, what has changed, really? Oh, it was a that's, little bit exciting. That's the most likely. But that doesn't mean that will it's, happen. It's happening. Daniel, Bayern Nico are winning the Bundesliga. It's happening. It's happening. Can I get some hope? From have hope, please. Like nope. maybe. My my maybe. M- my name is is a um. What what was it called? It's an it's oxymoron. An it's an irony. It's an irony. All right. Where's next? Where's the England? We haven't talked about England. England. Why? 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 Um. We didn't talk midweek, so we could probably talk about you know. Chelsea drew against ten men. Arsenal. Manchester United. What happened at Manchester United? Midweek? No, they hey, lost. Daniel, don't they- be so quick. No, 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 no. I'm no, just no, going through no, all the no, 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 don't, no. We'll go back. So no, Chelsea no. drew, Manchester United lost. Daniel, um, don't ignore the elephant in the room. Why the can't your club, your club that you're a hardcore fan of, <laughs> Wait, why no, no, can't, no, pause, 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 no, no, why can't your 20 club... 20-second timeout, 20-second timeout. How come in your rent video you said... Daniel, who is a hardcore Chelsea fan. Like, what this? What did I become a hardcore? Daniel, <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I ask a question? Can you, can I... Just don't lie on my name. That's all I ask. You know? Okay, all right. Daniel, as yes. a hardcore, passionate Chelsea diehard fan, okay. why can't your club defeat <laughs> a 10-man Arsenal team? And what the hell is wrong with Francis Lampard? And more so, why do your fans, why do your fellow fans say that Kante is the reason for Chelsea's downfall. Please answer all the questions. Week. We talked about Kante last week, so we don't have to talk about N'Golo Kante. Um, although, I'll, I'll say, people slip, okay? It happens, all right? And it's not like there was a Premier League title on the line, Liverpool fans, so it's not the same thing. And it's not like the Arsenal fans, for like three days, were retweeting about a 2-2 draw. It, 2-2's not... It, it, you didn't win, so I... I don't know what y'all mean. Um, it, it, like they, they were saying, oh, this was revenge for when Hazard spun Coquelin. What? What? Wait, 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 wait. wait Arsenal that fans. was like one Arsenal of the most fans. embarrassing moments ever, man. Arsenal are currently tenth with thirty points. So yeah, they got one point. They're acting like, oh my goodness, like we just won the league. Like chill. I understand this is like a cup final for you guys, but respect, respect. 
Um, what's wrong? Everything. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. Do, do you know Chelsea are 27 points behind Liverpool? How many points are Man City behind Liverpool? Um, seven. Oh, God, wait. That can't be right. It probably is right. 17? No way. Have hope. No way. I wasn't great at math. So Liverpool have 67. City have 51. That's 16. Is that six? Is that 16? Seven minus one is six. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> Even if they lose five games. Oh my God. This is what I tried to tell you five weeks ago when you were like, ah, there's still a chance. Like, bro, they, City could win five games in a row. Liverpool could lose five games in a row and they'd still be up. That's why I didn't understand when people, like, I, I so told wait, wait, you in October it was so over. So basically, they, they, they play West Ham on Wednesday. If they beat West Ham, 19 points clear. Yes. Even if they draw, 17 points. <laughs> what? Why? Why is that so funny? Just somebody actually did the math. Like, <laughs> he's like, come on, simple subtraction. Okay. Guys, guys, look. We no, were not okay, that okay. No, 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 no. Because people like, like to say, I was in C-set maths. And I was so crap at maths, I wasn't allowed to take the higher tier maths. I did not take the lower tier maths. I'm a mathematical brick. Sue me. <laughs> and I was an, an academical brick. Sue me. At the end of the, the, the day, I know basic maths and I still know algebra. So screw you. Foil. First, outer, inner, last. So screw you people. One plus one equals two. That's all you need to know. And I know my times table. So seven times three is twenty-one. Well, how about that? Three times eight is twenty twenty-four. Seven times eight is fifty-six. What? Nine times nine is what that. So eighty-one, dog. Eighty-one. Eighty-one. 81. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't know what I do. Was eighty-one. Eight times eight is six, six, sixty-four. I told you, man. Come on, give me anything. Square roots, dog. Square roots. Square roots. Yeah. What's twelve times twelve? Twelve times what? Twelve times 64. twelve. So that's sixty-four. <laughs> Wait, 12 times 12. 12 times 12 is. No, that's like quarter at, at 44. Got it, got it, got it. I told you, mess with me, Mark. I'll just mess with you. I'll just mess with you, Mark. Ah, okay. Um, HH had to sit in the exam in the other room. <laughs> no, 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 that's messed up. That's messed Ronin, that's messed up. <laughs> that's messed up. <laughs> That's best. Okay. Um, all right. No, but let's let's actually answer the question. Chelsea don't have a solid center back pairing. When Reese James is out, the fullbacks are trash. Why was um, him on the bench? Lampard doesn't know his best midfield. The inside forwards don't score goals. Tammy got injured. Players don't know how to really to defend properly. Do I, I don't even want to go in on Kepa because what's understood <laughs> doesn't need to be said. Like I've been talking about Kepa since Chelsea signed him. And I've said it basically on every podcast since whenever the subjects come up. So I don't, I don't even, it doesn't even feel right to go in on him now because it's like bullying. But do you, do you know ever since you said how he he doesn't even fill up the goal, I can't get that thought out of my head every time I I see him now. Do you know? As I was saying to someone that um that shot that Bellerin took, that wasn't that great a shot. Any it was keeper slow. It, 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 it went in in slow motion. It wasn't like some daisy cutter that was like so fast. Like it was just anybody who had long arms might have saved it. 
or would have had a better chance of saving it. That's yeah. crap, <laughs> But yeah, it just feels like bullying. Whenever a goal goes in, I'm like, do I really want to talk about Kepa? Like, I could, but like, do I want to? Sometimes I do, but I'm not trying to destroy the guy. At first, it was insightful. Like, I felt like I was being like, I was first. Like, I, I, I could see, like, this guy is good. But now that he's making mistake after mistake, it's kind of like, uh, do I really want to talk about this dude? Maybe, maybe not. So, yeah, Chelsea have problems. But, you know, credit credit to Arsenal, man. They played very well with 10 men. Very well. So Martinelli, that's a player, man. That's very a player. good. That's a player. Very, very good. People say he reminds them of Sanchez. No. Like, Compl- what? The, the work rate, like, you don't see a little bit of similarity with, like, the amount no. of work that they do running. Like, I, no. I see it. I can see it. What else? What else happened? Do you remember any other results? Wolves against um, Liverpool. Liverpool. <sighs> wait, wait. Have you? No, I, w- I, I have to. I, I will keep mentioning this until they lose. They've played 23, won 22, drawn one. Do you know that that has never been done ever before in any of the major European leagues ever? What's the record for points in the major European leagues? Someone mentioned it on the week. I think they said Juventus 103, I think. Ooh. So can Liverpool get 104 points? Even if they lose a game or lose two games, they mm. still might they still might be on pace for that. So basically, so, so 37 times 3 is... 38 times 3. I think it's 114. Yeah, 3 times 6 is, is 24. 3 times 3 is 9, 10, 11, 12. No, it's not 104. So, 38 times 3. Somebody in the comments. How, why has this turned into very bad? <laughs> Look, I stopped doing maths at It's 114, man. bro. I feel like I know this. No, Just no, no. Like, I don't times, even have to do Look, math. 38 times 3. 3 times 8 is 24. No, no, no. Put down the, the phone. Three times, we'll, we'll, we'll do this with our head. 3 times 8 is 24. 3 times... Right. No, 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 no. 3 times 3 is 9. This... 9... You're right, 114. 114. 114. I didn't have to, I didn't even have to use the computer. 114. 114. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 114. Yes, yes, so, so basically, no, if um, so basically, so if they won 37 games, so winning 37 games is just just subtract two. 112. So these guys could get up by hundred and something points if so. If they... So 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 let's say they lose three games. So they are one twelve. That's one o three. I think. <laughs> Do you know what? So I, I don't even want to look at the live chats because it just reminds me of school. And I just and I, I just reminds me. Okay, just a little deviation. Do you remember when you would open your exam paper? And you're praying that please let it not be a question like, like this. And you'd open one of those math questions and all you can see is just numbers. And you're like, I don't know what the f- living crap, what I'm looking at here is. I only, I only had to take one math class in university. So oh, I, was I was lucky what? in that sense. I was done with math by uni. Are, are, are you crazy? I had to take like an intro algebra class and that's it. So... I passed that with a C, and I never had to do math ever again. So. Uh, after, after after sixteen, I was I was done, man. I was done. All my stuff is words, bro. That's all I got. You no, know, what's good? Basically, we are we are right side of the brain, pretty much. Let's do some questions, and then we can get out of here. 
Um, here we go. If Pep was the type to disprove the Fraudiola tag, where would be the best place for him to go after Manchester City from Black Emoji? Scornthorpe. Realistically. Like Milan, maybe, or... Tottenham. Some... What? Win it, win it a trophy with Tottenham. <laughs> that's that's Mourinho's task right now. Um, I would say a place like Milan. Like, Can you build them back without having... 500 Daniel, million pounds to he's, Pep ain't never going to Milan. Do you think Pep in Italy would get exposed in terms of like, you know how Italian, the Italian league is well known for like its tactics and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Catenaccio or whatever that style of defensive football is that everybody likes. Do you think he'd get exposed in Italy? Um, no, no, no. I just got distracted by someone who says they do aeronautical engineering. Jesus Christ in heaven. Um, I, I was going to say my brother's a mechanical engineer. And let's see, my thing is, um, if he's given the players, I think Pep can be successful anywhere. The issue is, will he get all of the players that he wants? That's the thing. If you give Pep his players, I think any league he'll he'll win. Like, Pep is not a great manager. He's a very good coach. He's not a very, he's not a great manager, so... Um, uh, from Sammy, sixteen seventy nine. Who should partner Varane at centre back for the Euros? Umtiti, Laporte, Zuma, Kimpembe, or Longley? Keep in mind, I don't think Laporte gets picked for the France team. So no, no, but really... he just said who should, who should. So if it's done to be, see, I would me... pick Kimpembe, but they're gonna pick Umtiti. Yeah, no, no. They're gonna be just uh, for me. I think Laporte. Sh- the issue is Umtiti and Laporte have been injured for quite a while. And you can even see that Umtiti is a bit rusty because of how long he's been injured for. And Laporte has only just come back from, from injury. So if Laporte has a good run from now till the summer, I think it should be Laporte and Varane. But 100%. See, Deschamps is extremely and fiercely loyal. Do you know what Giro has already played? Giro is starting at the Euros. <laughs> no matter what he's starting, like Deschamps <laughs> is fiercely loyal. I hope not, man. Uh, Luka Jovic or Piantek for Chelsea? Uh, neither. But if I had to pick one... Piantek. Jovic, I've, I've watched this guy for Real Madrid, bro. Piantek. P- people talk about Hazard's weight. Oh, are you saying Jovic is a bit chubby? Yeah, I ain't saying anything, bro. <laughs> I, I think Piantek makes more sense because I, I don't think I'd like to see Jovic leave Madrid. Like, just for his career. I think him leaving Madrid would be like, does he get back there? Probably, if he goes on loan to Chelsea... I don't think he goes back to Madrid. I feel like they find a way to get rid of him somehow. So just for his career, I feel like it'd be better if he didn't. Uh, who should be ink? That question was from Top Plus Fresh One. Um, I think that's Abdullahi from the Hangouts. Um, who should be England's number one at the Euros from Packed Mouse? Pickford is kind of bummy for Everton. Um, What's... Maybe, maybe Nick Pope. What's the way? What's what's the name of that dude? Um, is it is it is it Fraser Forster? Ugh. No, 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 no. I keep getting them mixed up. Like I'm getting all my all, all, all my white guys messed up. <laughs> There's this dude that's Ben Foster. I think it's Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Yeah. I think Nick Pope is the one that people are like. Well, who, who, who does he play I for? The Burnley keeper. No, no, I mean, no. England um, have, have a few alright keepers, man. They have a few alright keepers. Yeah. Um, what this is from Gatlock One, who I believe is in the comments. Um, why oh, does what? the Serie A buy fossils 
And since Barca defense is always crap for years, should peeps start looking at the coaches? Yes, for the last part. Why does Serie buy fossils? So why do they buy a bunch of old people? Um, because on, on, unlike Gatlock, they respect their elders. <laughs> Bro, okay, so if I bring up the name Buffon, are you going to respect him? No, because Buffon is an, an anomaly because you've been... See, you've, you have disrespected what it means to be an older, wiser man. That's the thing. So, now. Nah, he, he, he see, Gatlock has a point. If you look at Buffon, Cristiano, uh, Zlatan, I got three, so that, that makes my point. Uh, just If you look at just a bunch of old players that go there, man. Ashley Young now. Um, Victor Moses, probably. I don't know how old he is. I don't think he's. I don't know. And, and it's this issue with Syria can't attract top tier players. That's just the, the sad truth. Well, unless you want to argue that Ericsson is a, is a top tier player, do you want to argue that? Ericsson um, into Milan? I think for his position, he might be like top five ish. Actually, what's it called? Erhan might have something there. Gazaniga, get him English citizenship. Because he's been there for 10, 10 years. I don't like his name. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what other questions do we got? This question is from Gowan69. Why do y'all seem to continually reject analytics when the most analytically driven team in the Premier League, it is, look it up, has dropped two points all season? So Liverpool, I guess, are the most analytically driven team in the Premier League. Do we reject analytics? No, no. I think we 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 do half and half. We're we're not an analytics. It's, no, 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 no. It's not oh. half and half. It's not half and half. It's like um, maybe like eighty twenty. I test over stats. I think. Well, it depends on the people. I feel like I might be like sixty forty. I test. I feel like you're eighty twenty ninety ten. Oh, for I sure. Test. For sure. And I think Carl is more like 60-40 analytics. Yeah. So I feel like there's a mix between the three of us. Oh, no, um, no, no. Like, I test. But, like, yeah, I, but test. I, I don't think any of us are going to be like, shout out Mike Goodman or any of those guys that, like, were just super on XG. And, I'm again, kind of going back to, like, the math thing, I'm not trying to make this school. Like, I don't want to be looking at numbers and doing equations to find out who should have scored and who should be starting and – it's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like what's XG expected? Yeah, this guy was running at thirty-seven point three kilometers per hour, and that means that the newtons and the joules no, that he touched the ball it's, with it takes the, the ball the, 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 the fun out of it. It takes it takes the fun like out of it for me personally. The the Magnus effect and all this kind of stuff. Like I'm I'm not interested in all that. Like Look, Jerry, you're doing I was gonna talk that one, Jerry. Make make it just today. Watch him, Joe. <laughs> You still should do the Pigeon Podcast, though. I feel like it should be funny. <laughs> if only I knew. Oh, well, if I knew. If I knew, I'd join you. Um, okay. Ah, oh, man. Why y'all got to ask us this stuff, man? <sighs> okay. Which footballer most closely resembles the Mamba mentality Kobe had? CR7 is an obvious choice, but I'd love to hear another player who had that killer instinct like Kobe. Um, Robin. From CF, CFC underscore up. Robin, I think. So I can... you think Robin? Robin was the closest to Mamba mentality. You think? Yeah, I think. Um, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's a good choice. Like Ronaldo's obviously the like the easiest um, old school Baggio. I mean, Baggio back in the day was the the, the guy was called. No, no, I mean, no. Very few had that kind of 
thinking my mentality, man. Um, but yeah, the only one I can really think of is Robin. And I think we got one more question on the subject from Jack, LFC Jack. Although this week's extra is likely going to be on the topic, do the events over the past day reflect how much of an impact Kobe Bryant had not just on the NBA, but sports and the world in general? So what do you think about the the passing of Kobe Bryant, Double H? Um, for me, look, as I said again, I mean, it's, it's just bad, man. I mean, I've, I've not been able to watch any of the sports and everything. And, like, to be honest, like, I'm not really – when things like these – that are shocking happen. I take a different slant to things, you know. Um, so I'm not one of like, oh my gosh, she was this and writing eulogies and everything like that for me. I'm much more of like a father and his daughter like died, a family. Because I looked at the names of the people that died, like families died as well. So I'm like, it's it's still hard to process. It's still shocking. So for me, in my, in my mind, I'm like, wow. I mean, Damn. So I haven't gotten to the thing of like, oh man, like the sporting world and how people have received and what he's done. I'm still like, the hell? So I mean, I, we'll we'll talk about it in, I guess, in larger context in the extra. That way we can kind of go into like the basketball aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as this is a football podcast, I think it, it is kind of... It's not yeah, no, cool. no, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, what's it called? I mean, because you see, one of the first... Because Insta- even when I did it, because I'm much more of a football guy, mm-hmm. one of the Instagrams I went to was Messi. Because I remember how I think I can't, there was an Olympics where Kobe went to watch the Argentina camp, and he basically hung out with the Argentina team during the Olympics. Hmm. I think I think it was the 08 Olympics, I believe, and they sort of bonded together. So basically, Messi, Mascarano, and people just sort of bonded because because basketball is huge in Argentina. And remember, they did that Turkish Airlines. Um, advert, which was like mm. really good advert, really really good advert. So yeah, I think I think so. if we want to relate it to football in some sense, Kobe grew up, or his formative years. I, he was born in Philadelphia, but his father played basketball internationally. So I think from toddler years, I don't want to say any dates wrong, but like for a large chunk of his like formative life, he grew up in Italy. So you know he could speak Italian, he could speak Spanish um, fluently. Um, and he grew up being an AC Milan fan. Um, I think he might have transitioned into being a Barca fan, or at least like he was one of those dual supporters. But you know, it was really he like he loved football. Like he had that passion for the game in him. So you know, it was really touching to see like how that. I I don't know if there would be such an outpouring of love from all these football clubs and football people for another player like maybe it would be but i think it was like the love that he got from footballers and football clubs in particular was something was specific about him because he loved football that much yeah i think it's it's a sad story man um and i I guess well we can get into like the the particulars of kind of like what we think about all of the individual elements on on the extra but I, i think it is it's important to point out that you know Kobe was a super football fan and and he loved soccer as it was and it's just it's a sad story. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's look. I mean, it's um, I mean, what else? What else? What else can come come be said, man? You know. Yeah, have you seen Have you seen all the videos of him? Like when he when he um he would go to like the PSG camp and he would meet Neymar and the and the thing Neymar did where he was like you know when he did like the two four oh, yeah, thing yeah. like 
when he scored his goal and all that kind of stuff. Like he was loved, man. It's just a it's a sad story. And it's not just it's not just him as well. It's like his daughter and everybody else that was in the in the helicopter. It's like, you know, just a sad story. Especially like I was taking a nap and I woke up and I looked at ESPN and I was just like, what? Like, oh no, I looked at CNN. I was just like, Kobe Bryant dead. Like, what? Oh no, oh no, like basically for me, it's my thing was it because I opened up Instagram and because you know I follow Martin Lawrence mm-hmm. and then he just had a picture of Kobe Bryant. And then he then said, Oh, condolences to the Bryant's family. My first thing was, oh, so did his wife die? Did his daughter die? Or did I think it was like, oh, then I just looked at the comments and I was like, okay, these comments seem a bit odd. Because in my mind, I didn't even think for a second it was Brandt. I was just thinking that, okay, his father or something. I was like, the comments are weird. Then I'm like, you know what? Let me just go on to this Twitter thing. And then when I saw what was trending, I then just left to Twitter. I just left and I was like, yeah. But yeah, so. it's trash, man. Yeah, man. What can, what can, what can you say? We thank you guys for listening. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Facebook Talking Tactics, Instagram Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, remember to give us a follow. There's like a bunch of people that listen on Spotify now, so shout out to you guys. Um, if you're on SoundCloud, same to you. Follow us over there, hit the hearts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, it's free. Leave us a five star review and we'll, read that, and we'll read it on the show. Shout out to Reese for the review this week, uh, means a lot. Um, yeah, we're on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, remember to subscribe to the channel. Maybe we'll hit a hundred this week. That'd be nice. And yeah, have hope. Where can people get you? Just hit me up on the website, halfhopefootballhot.com. I am at Daniel to look on Twitter. Carl is at anchorman616. And yeah, this is Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.